today, first topic of discussion will be uh, talking about CISO and organizations. Um, we know that the, the CISO position came up probably about, I don't know, two, three years ago uh, when uh, Bank Negara came out and said, hey, you need a dedicated person to take care of the IT risks and uh, governance and you are required to hire a CISO and that's where the entire thing blew up like crazy. Because that position seems to be something very new to the market, uh, there have been a lot of Kalam Kabut. CISO come in, uh, quote-unquote, get their backside burned. And then, you know, I don't know whether that word can go out or not. So, <laughs> I think <laughs> right. can. can. You know, get burned and then everybody say, oh, no, don't go back to the CISO position. It's very, very hot seat, you know, because anything that goes strong, oh, CISO's problem. And, I, yeah. I always thought that the CISO position uh, has existed actually before the RMIT guidelines came out and said it was mandatory, right? Uh, but maybe the RM, RMIT guidelines has helped to fine-tune the CISO role instead. Could that be, can, can that be another way to look at it? Yeah, I think, I think that's also true because uh, a lot of time when they, uh, they call the IT head in different names, yeah. uh, basically whether it was CISO or not, it was CTO, it was CIO, some call themselves uh, digital C. I don't know, CDI, CDTO, you know. Yeah, and then there'll be the one who's like specifically only looking into security and they are the CSO, the yeah, Chief Security the, the, Officer. Yeah, and, and from the CISO, I think it 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 sort of uh, draw the Chief Risk Officer into IT now because in the early days, the Risk Officer is basically talking about business risk. You know, I remember joining a board meeting and... Uh, they were throwing the entire volume of the risk and compliance, you know, and asked me which part of it can IT and IT security team take over. So that that, that was that was the early days, mm. right? Mm. Uh, so, in in that case, um, it seems to me that there isn't a general consensus of what exactly the CISO does, isn't it? Because um, according to a recent study that I have read, that I read was published last year. Um, according to that study, I, I don't have the name. I can't remember the name. It says that um, although organize, generally organizational cybersecurity readiness scores have increased, but the, the reality is that a lot of organizations are just saying the right things to either satisfy investors but, or customers, but they are actually lacking in urgency to promote resilience and a secure organization. And what's actually missing is that um, 
people who could actually provide visibility and leadership um, with an integration with business objectives. So what happens, what, what they are saying, what we're seeing now is that organizations are saying cybersecurity is top priority. However, um, but many are reluctant to hire a CISO to, or to provide a strategic seat for a CISO in, in that particular meeting. So I'm, I'm not sure to what extent it reflects the actual situation in the um, industry. Perhaps, um, Sky, maybe you would want to share, you could share with us some of your thoughts on this. I, I, I will leave it to the CISO who has just joined us. I see so we're talking about you me (laughs) I see I saw that's all I know (laughs) yeah we're talking about the CISO responsibilities actually actually Prof you have got it right because uh, a lot of time today a lot of times uh, many organizations today what they do is they have yet to really streamline the responsibility or even the, the reporting structure of the CISO position. All right. I've gone into an organization where the CIO uh, reports to the COO and then they created a CISO because they wanted to comply to Bank Negara, but the CISO also report to the COO. So at the end of the day, the COO actually can control the entire thing and it defeats the purpose of the CISO actually. So I don't know how some of this can work out, you know. I guess based on my experience in banking, um, some of the reasons why that rational happened and, and it happened in a, in a financial institution that, that I'm close with is that you want, I mean, primarily everyone would assume that the CISO would report to the CIO. But that's going to be an issue because the CIO's priority is to deliver projects. And the CISO's objective is to keep things secure. That's a bit of an issue because uh, security takes a bit of longer time for you to implement. Uh, you need to put in measures, controls. Uh, you probably have to do three or four or even more additional steps before a project gets rolled out. Now that affects timeline. And that's not something a, a CIO would prefer. In one sense, uh, you can say that that's probably a stopgap measure to ensure that the CIO and the CISO is in par. But unfortunately, that also creates uh, other issues. Like, for example, um, in some organizations uh, that I've dealt with, uh, if a project gets delayed, finger pointing goes to the CISO. Ah, you guys have too many processes. So because of you, I, I get all my projects get delayed. Then the CISO rebuts back and says, look, it's not my problem. I have my processes. I have SLAs and KPIs and timelines that has to be met. Unfortunately, the project has run off its schedule way earlier. And now you guys want to cut short the process when it comes to security. So then there has to be a balance between what the organizations want to achieve and ensuring that you provide the CISO sufficient time. And the the question that sometimes hits my mind is that um, should CISO control security operations or in based on uh, the Malaysian guideline of uh, risk management and IT by Bank Negara, 
should CISO be second line in command? Because second line in command implies that you don't have control over operations. Maybe the head of IT security operations has control of security. So then lies the problem. We want to make sure that the organization is secure. We need to make sure that the CISO is empowered to get it done. Of course, the structure is very important. Based on my personal experience, I've reported to CFO before. I've even reported to chief HR officer before <laughs> doing the role of a CISO. Let, chief can, HR officer. Like I'm take, not kidding. I'd like to take a step at this uh, just to offer um, another perspective of this whole situation, right? Uh, you know my job, my full-time job, in, which is a uh, news um, in the media. So I was recently at a panel discussion and the, the topic, one of the topics that cropped up was like uh, how in a regulated industry like uh, financial financial services has to ensure that the person who's, um, had to ensure the operations were separate from security or something like that. They had to ensure, uh, the regulator had to ensure that the regulator mandates that in, in an organization, operations should be separate from security or something like that. And maybe I'm understanding this wrongly or, or I'm phrasing it wrongly. Have you heard something similar along those lines? No, you're absolutely right, Kat. Uh, it's financial sector. Yeah. And, and to be honest, I don't understand the rationale why uh, you need to separate it. Now, let me explain the, the, the separation. So they want the CISO to be part of second line of defense. And you have security operations, which acts as a first line of defense. Now, what happens is the CISO is the person ultimately responsible for security. So if I were to rephrase that, the hit on the chopping block, as far as security is concerned, is CISO. Yep. But he has no control over security operations. Exactly. Or... That's the problem. Yeah. So this is the kind of conundrum you have in that kind of situation. So herein lies the CISO going to the board and said, okay, this is our new financial year. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. and Miss and board members, uh, I would like to propose, um, say, okay, when I was uh, 50 million uh, Malaysian ringgits uh, for security budget, the head of IT security is going to say, um, yeah, but uh, we need 150 million because we got project A, B, C, D, E. CISO then takes a step and say, no, the priority is this. And then the head of security says, no. I need this. So then who controls the budget for security? Eventually, you realize that the CISO is going to get a tiny little piece from the whole security budget because he's only handling second line of defense. And the IT security folks are going to get a bigger budget because they do implementation. They're going to buy devices like firewall, IPS, zero trust now, which is a hot thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and every other acronym that you can throw at the board to say that we need this latest and greatest technology to prevent us from getting hacked. Okay. I didn't know that. I didn't okay, so I IT security, the IT security team which is which handles operations is separate from uh the the CISO team. Separate. Yes. Yes, it is. Yes. That's that's why I said two lines of defense. Mm. So the in some organizations, the second line of defense, 
the CISO has a team, usually sometimes they call it the red team, which continuously tests all the controls that are put in place and see whether they can detect those con- controls, uh, if there's some uh, vulnerabilities or somebody tries to penetrate into the organization and they're able to do their job. Mm-hmm. So it's a cat and mouse game. Yep. There's it- also another issue with that. Enjoying the show so far? Subscribe now so that you don't miss out on the latest episode. We are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many other platforms. Visit podcast.securitylaw.asia to get the links to subscribe. The focus of the IT security operations is going to be defending their network. CISO is going to try to poke holes and see if you can say, ah, you guys are not doing the job. So end of the day, you end up creating a very hostile environment between the CISO pillar and the IT security pillar because they're constantly fighting each other. Yep. yep. What should be done is harmonizing it to say, as far as the defenders are concerned, they should come up and say, these are all the defenses that we have, you know, show us how we can improve. Yeah. And what I've heard also is that our one one team actually uh, discovers the vulnerabilities, whereas another team looks for the patch, look, looks for the patches for it and manages it or, or yes. does the patching. So it's yes. two separate things ha- trying to trying to actually do a role that's supposed to be unified. And then, okay, okay, here's another perspective of, uh, here's another way to look at this whole situation as well. An, an idea which has recently come up, um, which is starting to become very popular as well, DevSecOps. It used to be only um, development and operations, right? These two teams needing to, I don't know, harmonize, orchestrate, and do what they got to do to push, uh, to push um, applications into production, right? Now the security element has gone into it as well, whereby the idea now is that hey, instead of uh, building the applications and 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 inserting cybersecurity or security as an afterthought, why not while you are developing it, while you are writing the code implement cyber security into it at the same time but in the in the organ in the structure of an organization how does how is this supposed to play out again it goes back to it operations it development and the it security team so you're going to have three people trying to to muscle their way through and in a lot of uh, huddles that i've been uh, not huddles sorry uh, in a lot of um, sprint meetings that I've been, the problem is always delivery cycle. So every sprint, you have a target when you want to deliver a certain set of goods or functionality. So once you finish all the functionalities, then the question is security check comes in. But the problem is, oh, you have uh, 20 outstanding items in security. Then someone has to make a call and say, uh, do we still meet our timeline or do we fix uh, all these bugs and most of the time uh, the product manager will say okay la, you guys can just turn off the bugs and you know we'll just go on to production now this has spelled disaster for a lot of organizations because then they think that they are never a target their, their apps are barely used I recall an organization uh, that I know they launched an e-commerce site very gung-ho very happy uh, to sell a certain product. I, I will not name the product, then it's very easy to guess what it is. Um, guess what? Never went through security requirements, 
just launched the product because a C-level decided that it is his or her baby and they want to make sure that it gets launched so they, they can go out, shout it out, marketing campaign and the whole lot. Two weeks down the line, someone was able to manipulate the request response for the website and eventually buy that product, which may be worth thousands of ringgit to one ringgit. So the person gets charged one ringgit. The item of worth thousands of ringgit gets delivered to the person. So the, the company that launched it eventually realized, ah, we have a problem. You know, when they should have gotten security in front, they said, oh, this is a, 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 a C-level product. So you guys take a back seat. And, and now suddenly, um, uh, remember that time we had that discussion about uh, this product? Huh? Uh, okay, can you guys come and check? And suddenly the security guys are wondering, okay, yep. what just happened? Yep. And, and this like, is the discussion you go into yeah. in almost any organization. And, and, and you cannot say, I told you so, you know. Oh, you cannot. Oh, no, 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 uh, no, 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 no. But and Prof is saying uh, that uh, CISOs are notoriously expensive to hire. Yeah, um, we know. We know how yes expensive. And no. Yes and is. no. Let me give you an analogy. Yeah. For you to go from uh, Kajang to KLCC, yeah, you can take a bus, you can take a Proton Saga, you can take a MyV, you can even take an Aston Martin. Everything gets you from A to B. The quality of the ride, the comfort, the speed, the performance makes a difference, right? Mm. And, and that comes to an interesting situation that I want to share with everyone. Um, recently, I, I went for an interview, uh, for a CISO position interview. So we were talking about all the details and say, yeah, okay, all this is good. And suddenly two things came out of the whole discussion. The first one was, oh, um, compensation. Uh, uh, we can only pay you X amount. And uh, it's half of what the industry is quoting. Okay. Uh, hmm, that's odd. So I asked, uh, why is that so? Oh, we are only hiring at a VP level. So uh, in some organizations, it's called VP. Some organizations called manager. Some organizations called director. I don't understand. But end of the day, it means you're that level and that level has a maximum bracket of X amount, right? But industry in Malaysia as a whole pays Y amount. So then I asked them, but you do know, right? And, and this is a regulated industry. So I had to tell the HR, hello, please take note. Huh? This is a, a you're, you're in a re highly regulated environment. Secondly, based on the act, I won't mention which one, uh, you do know that there's a personal liability, which means that both the organization and the regulator can take you to court and you have to pay whatever you if they find you guilty, then you have to pay whatever you have to pay, you know, and no one can cover your behind. Essentially that. So you're saying that, you know, a, a role such a critical, you're only giving it to that level? Hmm. I guess it's more of, you know, some organizations go through this learning curve where um, I, I, I get someone cheap first, let me run through. When things really break, 
maybe then I may consider getting someone who really knows how to do the job to uh, do the job, lah. You know, there's something I want to raise. You know, like from the conversation with that we've had until now, um, it seems to it seems to me that three three different teams or three different roles have emerged. The role of uh, this sorry, three different teams in an organization, three three different functional teams have emerged, which is uh, IT security. Then there's the CISOs teams, which is I don't know information security, and then uh, IT operations. Is that would that be correct? Is yes. that fair assessment? Yes, it really de- depends on how the organization is structured. In my in my opinion, if you want the CISO to be accountable for security, the one neck to choke, the one head to put on the block, the person must have control over operations. Without having control of operations, there is no way the person can deliver uh, security for the organization. When you say operations, does that mean that he steps into the into the purview of the COO? He steps no, into no, the no. COO no, no, jurisdiction. No, IT operation. IT operations. Okay. No, no, IT operations. Sorry, IT, IT security, security operations. operations. IT security so, operations. IT operations belong to CIO. Correct. But you don't see the CIO in a in a different structure. You see, today even CIO role has changed. You have the CIO, which is essentially the CITO, <coughs> Chief IT Operations, and the original role of strategy and product development has gone into a CDO role, Chief uh, Data Officer. So if you notice, even at the top, there's a shift of focus. The CIO is very operational and no longer looks at uh, bleeding edge, uh, innovation and all that. Whereas the C, uh, CDO now looks at that portfolio, but completely ignores the operations part. IT operations is usually parked under whom? CIO, CIO, CITO, depending on, on, on whom. So here's the question. If the CIO is responsible for, I'm talking about CIO and then I'll go back to CISO. If the CIO is responsible for IT, but the operations not under him or her or they, how do this person ensure that he, she, they meet their KPIs. And the same argument goes to the CISO or the CISO. Mm. So if there's no IT security operations, it's going to be very difficult for the CISO to first influence the budget, which is the main thing that drives deployment. Because the CISO might view the organization from a risk perspective. The IT security operations head will view it as oh, my firewall is going to burst because five new projects coming in. Uh, I'm going to prioritize building more capacity at the firewall because then when new projects come in, I can manage my stakeholders' expectation. Yeah. Right? So you're going to have that issue of of prioritization of budget. So it's... it's, it's an interesting conundrum. And, and the thing is this, they cannot, as the CISO with a separate IT security operations, how do you then influence them to focus on risks? Because IT security operations is going to be primary to or parallel to how IT operations is going to work. The project comes in, okay, this project needs to be deployed. I'm going to put more manpower into deploying projects, getting things up and out. So then the question is, you have all this infrastructure. Who's 
monitoring the logs. Okay. Is this something firewall? Is this something which is prevalent in prevalent in Malaysia only recently? Because like uh maybe maybe it's undergoing a transition because some of the roles which you mentioned actually are they seem to be actually relatively new. Is that what is that what's happening? Thanks for joining us this week on Security Lab. Make sure to visit our website at securitylab.asia where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Spotify, or via RSS so you'll never miss a show.